Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. The Bible says we need to have that kind of a childlike. Thank you, sir. I just go on. Be healed in the name of Jesus. You know, when the Lord, let me take a minute with this. When the Lord spoke to the centurion, the centurion came and said, you know, my servant is sick. My servant is sick. And it says, Jesus was on his way to take a bus or a taxi while he was going down to the centurion's house. And the centurion said, the road is bad. Right, you know. It's flooded all because of the rain, right? A lot of problems. Just send the word. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I've never seen such faith. Huh? What did the man say? Send the word. That was before Zoom, that was before Digicel and Flow and Wireless. Send the word. Right now, you can be healed right where you are. Right where you are, if you receive by faith, you can be healed. Because it's God Almighty was wireless not before wireless was gone. God Almighty can touch you right where you are. The supernatural power of God can work in your body, can begin to touch you directly where you are, and he can make you whole. If you have diabetes, you can receive healing. The Lord can correct the very system, the chemical makeup within your body. If there are generational sicknesses within your body, you don't have to accept that. And know what your pastor has been telling you. Believe the word. Confess the word. The word brings healing to your mind and your body. Come on, say mind and body. The word of the Lord. Come on, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, I remember years ago, I was in, in Dallas, in, in St. Thomas. It was one of the days where I don't know that church. Our church is called something Pentecostal City Mission Church. We were there. We had a day of prayer and fasting. While we're praying and fasting, the benches started to move. Oh, brothers and sisters, I thought, boy, this is a great revival. God's power is moving in the church. And man, I was about getting ready to get up and jump and run because the power, but it was an earthquake. You know, it was an earthquake shaking, shaking. Yep. But I'm here this morning because I'm here to tell you that I want to see Jamaica shake. Huh? And there's some people here that is willing to initiate an earthquake, a shaking. Now I know some prophets and people are talking about earthquakes and hurricanes coming to Jamaica and all of that. Listen, I'm not claiming to be a prophet or the son of a prophet, and I'm my organization is non-profit. Uh, I do prophesy, uh, but so I'm not talking about some physical earthquake. Okay, uh, we're not worried about tsunami. We're not worried about hurricanes. We're not worried about Jamaica falling apart because I'm in the hands of the Lord. Every time there's some kind of crisis, everybody has to prophesy danger, hurricane, destruction. I'm telling you, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I do not trust what the election results are in Jamaica and America. But I wholly trust in Jesus' name. Come on, amen. On Christ, come on, somebody say Christ. It's not on who's in the white On Christ, we live by the principles of God's word. We stand for the principles of God's word. We demand adherence to the word of God. 
But our hope is in Christ. Come on, say hope is in Christ. I want to show you a way in which we can initiate and cause things to shake up around here. I don't know about you. I think things need to be shaken up in our nation. I believe things need to be shaken up in our world. Have you ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? You know, one of the part of the Lord's Prayer is, Lord, your will be done on earth. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, the way the Lord told us to pray the Lord's Prayer, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was not telling us to blame him for everything that's happening on earth. He was not telling us that it's his will just by us praying, we pray at church and go home and do what we want. And then because we pray at church and go home and do what we want, God's will is going to be done on earth. Because you've got to get the full context of the scripture. Along with the Lord saying in Matthew 6 that we need to pray his will be done on earth as it is in. He also went on to say, you are the salt. And he said, you are the light of the world. So obviously, God wants the salt to preserve the meat. Salt is really no good in a salt shaker. The purpose of the salt is not to be inside the salt shaker. The purpose of the Christian is not to be inside the church. The purpose of the Christian is not just to fellowship with Christians. Oh, bless God, we are the first church of the salt shakers. Huh? We have a nice salt shaker with a whole bunch of salt in it. And sometimes now we're going to the most natural kind of salt. You know what I'm saying? We're going to natural salt. Sea salt. Right? But guess what? Sea salt or any other salt in a salt shaker is still not really being salt. Because really, there's no definition to salt until it's inside of something and bringing a taste of salt to it. That's why we say the thing is salty. We don't say it's crystalline, even though salt is crystal looking. It's because of the influence. Also the influence. Likewise, the light. He didn't say pray that the will of the Lord be done on earth and we come home and leave the light at church. He says you are the light of the church. Huh? Or oh, oh, the world. Not the light of the church. The light of the world. How do we do that? Because there is a doctrine in the body of Christ today that says and overemphasize the sovereignty of God. In other words, the claim of many is that if something happened, then God must want it to happen. Because if God didn't want it to happen, it would never happen. Can I tell you, that's not consistent with Scripture. There are many things that has happened, that is happening in the earth today, that was not the will of God. It was not the will of God. But many of us as Christians... In order to sleep good at night, and sometimes in order not to give ourselves any more extra extra work. Do you hear me? Sometimes in order not to give ourselves any more extra work. But parent, we are already under pressure. Huh? We are already under pressure. I don't want to take anything else on my head. So we come up with scriptures to justify us shining among ourselves. 
holding the phone and not pressuring ourselves. And we're coming up with things like, well, if God never wanted to happen, it does never happen. It must be the will of God because it ended up like that. If that was the case, then John 10, 10 should never have been in the Bible. Because God didn't send the teeth. The teeth are teeth. And when the teeth come, he comes to what? To steal, to kill. That's not the will of God. So because the teeth steal, kill, and destroy, so well, I guess if God didn't want it out, he would stop the teeth. No, the teeth are teeth. In First Samuel chapter 13, we see where Samuel gathered together the people because the Philistines had cornered the Israelites and was battling against them. And the Bible says something amazing because it says that when Saul gathered the people, the people came at um, Saul gathered them, the people came up to him and they came trembling. They must say trembling. Because the people were afraid. The people were afraid of the Philistine. And he chose in verse 2, verse 3, I'm going to run through this quickly. He chose about 3,000 men. And they were in mixed fast. They went down. Jonathan, in chapter 3, verse 3 of 1 Samuel 13, he killed a, a whole garrison of the Philistines. We see then in verse 4 that the Philistines didn't like it. They gathered against the Israelites. But the Philistines showed up with 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the sea, which is on verse 5. They came up and they pitched their tent against them. And I want you to realize in verse 6, when the, the people of Israel saw they were in a strait, I like the way the Bible said that. In other words, we're in trouble. We are between a rock and a hard place. He said the people hid themselves in what? In caves, in tickets, in Makabush, hiding, lay down underneath so nobody would think they're there. In rocks, in high places, and in pits. Brothers and sisters, I look around our country and I look around our world today. And, you know, never before have I seen such beautiful homes here in Montego Bay. Or I should say, never before have I seen such beautiful prisons we live in. The gates are barred and electrified, automatic, and protected with cameras. The, the, the windows are grilled. And even when you get inside beyond the window, even our bedrooms are grilled. And the issue, brothers and sisters, is that we have almost come to the place in life where we don't even think there is a different way to live or it's even possible to have a better quality of life than what we're seeing in the world today. Many of our prophets and many people, instead of telling us the pathway to live a better quality life, a more peaceful life, to extend the kingdom of God to people both at home and abroad, we talk more about how we expect things to get worse. Or we think and we expect things because it's the end time 
then everything is going to end. And instead of anticipating revival of our young men, we are expecting our young men to head back to jail. We don't, do we really believe for revival? Do we believe that things could actually be better? That our quality of life, our relationship, our marriages, do you believe that we could actually have businesses that operate without corruption? Do we actually believe, brothers and sisters, that we could actually have a justice system where justice is served? Unfortunately, there is a quietness in our nation about justice. You know, the basic role of any government is to provide equal justice under the law. And in our beautiful nation, there are some crimes that happen every day in some of our communities. People don't even report them anymore. They can't bother. It's no justice. Because if the big guys, the homicide and the killing, can't properly be judged, what about the incest? What about the purse grabbing? What about the unlawful things with people at work and all of that. People just put up with it. Hiding in caves. Hiding the real emotion. Hiding the real feelings. Don't really talk what they really believe. Don't really express what they really want to say. People are hiding, ducking, dodging. Just trying to make a living. Trying to make sure that nobody take advantage of the one protect themselves. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, that kind of life needs to be shaken up. You know, we're living in a world today where the social media, the news media, the PR campaign can tell you anything that you need to know. And they can paint a picture for you and I that if that's all you listen to, then you have one image of the world. One image of the future and one picture of what's going on. That's true. It is possible, my friend. I saw somebody show me a little video program the other day. And the video program ran for a few minutes. And it was just like an ad. And the guy stepped out and he stepped inside of a box. And then he started pulling the box up. And as he started pulling the box up, guess what? He kept disappearing. And I looked and the guy disappeared before my eyes. And the box fell down flat. I was like, what happened? All it was, was video editing. It was just a video editing. It wasn't magic. It wasn't supernatural. It was just video editing. But I'm looking at it with my two eyes. And if I didn't realize that, I would say, this guy is amazing. He just performed a miracle. He went into a box. And just disappeared. This is the way the devil comes, my friends, to manipulate us. That's why I appreciate when your pastor continually tell you to declare the word of God is your final authority. The word of God is always true. Come on, amen. The word of God, the principles from God's word. We're going to live by those things. But you see here that the children of Israel, they were hiding. And the things I want to say to us as Christians today, brothers and sisters, we've got to be. Fed up 
with what the devil is doing in our lives. We don't have to accept what the devil wants to do in our lives. Come on, say we don't have to accept it. You know, and one of the things that you find out, my friend, was that nobody in, in Israel had a sword. They said nobody had a sword. There are only two people that had a sword. Saul and his son, Jonathan. Nobody had a sword. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 14, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man that bore his arm, his arm there, come, let us go up over to the Philistine garrison. But he did not tell his father. Look down with me to verse 4. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other. Verse 6, the forefront of one was um, saturated. Okay, verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man, look at this. Jonathan said to this young man that boy's armor. Read it with me. Come and let us go over unto the garrisons of these uncircumcised. I want you to notice something. He didn't say, let me go up against them because I just didn't like them. It was because of anything about their ethnicity. The fact was, they did not have a covenant with Jehovah God. And they were acting out of covenant with Jehovah God. Christians, it's very important for us in this hour to recognize where our relationship and our alliance should always be. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about where you come from or who your family is. The issue is, is your heart circumcised by the Holy Spirit? Are you in covenant with Jehovah God? And so when I leave the church, when I go into the community, whether it is at business or in the taxi or at my workplace, or anywhere I go, I am looking for situations where uncircumcised art is influencing that situation. And when I see the result of man or woman whose heart have been uncircumcised, then I want to say, I as a man of God or a person whose heart has been circumcised, I have a responsibility to shine the light in that situation. I have a responsibility to be the salt in that situation. Why? Because of the covenant I have with Jehovah. So the difference is not culture. The difference is not language. You can go and visit anywhere in the world today. You can show up in any language today. When you talk to people, when you go into a nation, the difference is not based on color. It's based on, are you circumcised? Is your heart cut and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus? You know, I'll tell you, I can go anywhere in the world and people go and say, you find a Jamaica, say, man, we are Jamaica, we are brother. Yes. But you know what? I go anywhere in the world and I spend a few minutes with my brother and sister who is Jamaican. 
And then in a few minutes, I find out if they're really my brother or sister. Because it's beyond nationality. Come on, are you with me? It's beyond Aki and Starfish. Is there a circumcision of your heart? Who is the Lord of your life? Come on, are you with me? And I believe as the body of Christ, God is bringing us to that place every day. He says, you are the salt of the earth. So when I go in a circumstance, we must look for other salty people. We are the light of the world. When I go in a circumstance, I need to meet up and form a coalition with other light people so that we can make a difference. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 14. The same verse, I think we're at verse 6. He says, come, let us, come on, say let us. Brothers and sisters, it wasn't just Jonathan, the leader, that was going up against the garrison of the Philistines. If you want to see things change in our community, in our nation, it's not just the pastor. It's not just the elders. It's not just the prophets. I want you to turn your Bible with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, sorry. Verse 28. The last verse. Actually, I'm going to go at, yes, verse 28. I'm not going to read to the last verse. This verse 28. And God has a percent in the church. Read it with me. He has sent in the church what? Apostles, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, government, diverse songs. We see God is doing all of these things, brothers and sisters. Why has he sent them in the church? You realize that it's not just the apostles God sent in the church. God has sent in the church, not just apostles. God has sent in the church. And by the way, when the Bible says in the church, it doesn't just mean in the church building. It means part of the army of God. So God has sent in the army of God. The Bible says the gates of hell shall what? Now prevail again. So this army that's moving against the gates of hell in the 21st century, it's not just the apostles. It's not just the prophets. We all expect the prophets and the apostles huh, to have a sword in their hand and to run against the enemy. Come on, amen? Come on, if you're apostles and you're moving against the enemy, you say, what's going on? What about teachers? We expect that. Everybody say, we expect that. Look at the next one. It says miracles and gifts of healing. We expect the evangelists. We expect people to operate in miraculous work. But I want you to go, go back to that verse again. Look at one other group that is listed in the middle. What's in the middle? Helps. This young man in 1 Samuel chapter 14 was an armor bearer to Jonathan. He was not of the apostle, prophet, teacher class. All he was was a person responsible to clean Jonathan's armor, carry Jonathan's armor, and do the work around his tent. Yet, when Jonathan said, let us go up against the garrison, I want you, let's go back to 1 Samuel 14. I want you to see and hear what this man, young man responded. He didn't say, like Gideon, I'm too small. He didn't say, like Jeremiah, I can't talk. He didn't say, 
like some of us, well, Pastor, I'm too busy, or you know, I'm not able to do that right now, or I didn't go to Bible school, or I'm not ready yet. Jonathan said to him, Come, let us go up against the enemy. He says, What? For the Lord will deliver them into the hand of Israel. Next verse. And this man with Jonathan, the Bible says, Jonathan climbed up on his hands and onto his feet. And guess what? Who was after him? The ministry of health. The ministry of health was everywhere Jonathan was going. Jonathan was on his knees. The ministry of health was here on their knees. Jonathan was on his hands. The ministry of health was here. The armor bearer was right there in him. And they fell, listen, they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer flew after him. Now, earlier on, I told you that only Jonathan and Saul had a sword. Where did they get a sword? Where did the armor bearer flew after him? Where did he get his sword from? Brothers and sisters, when you are willing to serve in your area in the army of God, God will give you your own sword. God will equip you with the anointing and the power you need so that you too will destroy the enemy. If that armor bearer, if that minister of help, if that person did not come after Jonathan, they would have no sword. They would still be hiding in a cave, under a makabush, in a rock. You know, sometimes some of you here, you're looking for your purpose in life. You, you know, a lot of people think that you're a member of a church just because you show up on a Sunday morning. You're not a member just because you show up. You're a member because you're a member. My hand is a part of my body. But my hand doesn't just function just because I'm taking something out of the challenge. Even when I'm laying down and not using it, it's still a part of my body. Brothers and sisters, every member in the body Every one of you that God has joined together here at Faith Christian Fellowship and connected you, God has given you a Jonathan. God has given you a pastor. God has given you a visionary. You are connected to the church, to the body of Christ. And you have a role to play. Your membership in the body is not just to bring tithes and offerings. Your role as a member is not fulfilled just on Sunday morning when you show up online or in person. It's not on Thursday night when you come and connect online or in person. That's not your fulfillment. I'm going to tell you this morning in the name of Jesus that you are a 24-7 member. You are 365 days a week, a year, sorry. That's a long one. 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's either you're a part of faith, Christian fellowship, or you're not. The fact of the matter is, my friend, is that every minute of every hour, there is something that God wants to do in the earth through you as a body of believers. And you are part of the ministry of God in the earth when you're in the building, in your car, at your house, 
Everywhere you go, you do not fulfill your role. I'm a brother here on the keyboard. You do not fulfill your ministry in the church just when you show up to play the keyboard. You are always a part of the ministry here because you're always a member. Remember the Lord tells us, you guys say communion here? Huh? When you come together in communion, don't you read and say, let a man examine himself? If, if you want to examine yourself, then better that you eat at home and all of that. You ever read the part where it says, we need to discern the Lord's body. And because we don't discern our role in the body, many sleep, many get sick, many get weak and fall back. And when the scripture talks about many sleep, you know what that means? They die early. They die and go home early. You know, one thing I found out about God, my friends, is that God will have his way on earth. And if you won't do it, he will move you out of the way and he will put somebody else to do it. But you know why? Because God loves people. God loves people. And if he calls you to reach those girls on the streets in Montilla and you will not step up to fight that battle, God loves those girls so much, he'll find somebody else to fight that battle. If God calls you to reach other musicians and disciple people for Jesus, and you won't fulfill that, and you think your role is just to play in the church, and just to, that's just what you do, God will let you do that. He will send a word to you. He will remind you of your purpose. He will remind you of your call. But if you continue to block God's will, because God loves the people he has called you to reach. He will take you home and to put somebody else in your space. You will lose your reward when you come before the Lord. That's what the story of the parable is all about. People who are gifts, who are talents, who are responsibilities, but they did not invest them. We are people in the church sitting around waiting for the apostles to do the ministry, waiting for the teachers to do the ministry, waiting for the prophets to do that. But what about you? And I'm going to tell you, it's not about status, it's about service. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 14. I want you to hear what that armor bearer said, that ministry of health. When the pastor called on them, when the opportunity came for them to serve, I want you to hear what the armor bearer said in verse 7. He says, Do all, all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. I'm here to tell you that this is one of the most blessed statements any pastor can hear from any member. You want to be a blessing to your Jonathan, to your pastor? You want to cause the army of God to cause an earthquake in Montego Bay? You want to see Faith Christian Fellowship shake up the entire Jamaica and the Western Hemisphere? You want to see God do all that he wants to do? Say this in your own heart and say this to your leader. Go and do all that is in thy heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with you according to thy heart. 
Let me tell you that God gives you the pastors we need. God brings the leaders inside of our heart. God gives them vision. God gives them a picture of what the assignment is. How many know the, the, the armor bearer didn't realize the extent of what the Philistines were doing? Hello? How many know to begin with, the armor bearer was not as equipped as, the, as Jonathan? How many realize that Jonathan knew the terrain and knew how to climb up the rock? But what the armor bearer had to do was to trust what God was doing in the heart of the leader. Hallelujah. Trust what God was doing in the heart of the leader. Everybody is led by somebody. Earlier on in verse 13, you see Saul. Even though he was the king, he had to listen to Samuel. And when Saul couldn't wait too enough, long enough for, for Samuel, he started to be pressured by his friends. And he said, you know what? I can't wait no more for the pastor. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And he brought the sacrifice and made a sacrifice. And Samuel showed up and said, oh, what do you do? Why did you do that? He said, oh, the people. The people pressurizing me. The people made me do it. Oh, some of you here today listening to me. There are things that God has called you to do that you are not doing because of people in your life. And there are things that you are doing which you should not be doing because of people in your life. I'm going to tell you that the people are the person you need to listen to, are the ones that God has brought in your life as your Jonathan, as your pastor, as your leader, those that will teach you the word, those that will stir you up. Where are you connected as a believer? Where are you connected as a member? That's the army that you're a part of. You know, you can listen to all kinds of pastors and prophets and apostles today. You can be in Jamaica and be connected to some apostle prophet in Nigeria or somewhere. But I'm here to tell you, where are you getting your spiritual life from? Where did God place you? Let that be a heart that you have. And there are three qualities that you need to be this kind of armor bearer. I'll tell them to you quickly. Number one, you need to fear God. In other words, it's not just about the man. It's not just about the woman. It's not just about the pastor or the apostle. It's about God. And God's agenda in the 21st century. God wants to shake things up. It is not God's will that the enemy is killing and stealing and killing and destroying. It's not God's will that the enemy is destroying our families and killing our young men. But who's going to rescue them? Who's going to go into the enemy's camp and take back what the devil has stolen from us? It's going to be people who fear God. It's not Jonathan is going to do it and you watch. It's not the pastor that's going to do it and then come to church and tell you the testimony on a Sunday. All of us have to be in the fight. All of us have to fear God. Secondly, I love this man. He was truthful. You have to fear God and you must be what? Truthful. He said, I'm going to come after you. I want you, pastor, to do all that is in your heart. And you know what? He meant it. And when Jonathan said, come after me, the guy said, I will come. And guess what? He actually showed up. How many times pastor said, okay, we're going to do this in the church. How many of you come in? One, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, ten. Okay, God bless you. See you next week, Saturday. Uh, pastor shows up, our leader shows up. Nine o'clock, right on time. And, uh, we have two people. We got to be truthful. 
if God calls you to be a minister to children, be truthful and minister to your children. Hello, somebody. If God gives you a youth ministry, be truthful and do that new youth ministry all of your heart. Without, without COVID. Because young people are still going to hell. Does the Lord call you in music ministry? Don't just think, well, my role is just the same here. Go. Release what God has. Write new songs. Go further. Just because he has a virus, we don't pause. We advance. Come on. Hallelujah. And be truthful. You know, I said to people, you know, I, I, when, I, when I pastor, people said, oh, I don't feel lead, pastor. I said, well, I'm going to walk over and use a lead pencil. So that way, if you don't feel lead, I said, touch this. <laughs> How much more direction do you need when God has put a Jonathan in your life? We, we, have, we have a problem, I think, in the body of Christ, in our culture in particular. We only work 100% if somebody else will come in. Huh? Anybody else find that? You have somebody over you in a soldier. Or somebody when cut your beard. Or somebody when, you know, boy, we, we work hard. Man, we show them. But if they never take the taxi and leave, Everything cut down to probably 50%. I mean, now I pressure myself. Sir. We fear God and we are truthful. The work of the ministry should be more priority in our lives than the work where we get some nanny or whatever kind of money. The work of the ministry breaking the back of the Philistines of our lives, releasing people from the bondage of the devil, is more important than getting another loaf of time and patience bread, which I hear is a good bread. Buying another car. You know that you can buy the nicest car. One day that car is going to be on the junkie. I live over there in the area in Anshore. I see those big houses. People buy big houses, live in them. And then all the children and picnics gone and leave and gone to America. And the house empty. One, one lady, she's working in America all these years, came back, built the house. She lived there probably two years, she's dead. Your work in the kingdom of God is more important than a house, than a car, than a vacation, than money, than food. We've got to believe that. That's how we shake up the world. That's how we shake up the world with people. That's how the world was shaken up with 12 fishermen. They believe the gospel. Oh, Paul said in Romans 1 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. There is no salvation for Jamaica without the gospel. It is not a political party. PNP or JLP or PPP or any kind of P. Red, green or orange. It doesn't matter. Because it is the heart of men that needs to be changed. Come on, hallelujah. And it's only the gospel can make a murderer an honorable man. It is only the gospel that can remove out of the heart of an immoral man immorality. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, put your hands together and thank God that we have access to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. It is only the gospel that can bring prosperity. Oh, yes, everybody must prosper, but I'm here to tell you our problem is not lack of prosperity. A lot, lot of these scammers and men who have money, they are some of the greatest criminals and wickedest men. So if money and prosperity could have made us better, they would have been better. It's the gospel. The gospel that you carry. The gospel that you carry. 
You are a member of the body of Christ. You carry the gospel. You are the salt of the world. It's about time we shake up things around here. The reason we are not shaking up things because we only look for the apostles to do things. We look for the teachers to do things. But we as armor bearers and all of us, we're not doing it together. Oh, when you do it together, one shall chase a thousand, two, ten thousand, three, a hundred thousand, four, one million, five, ten million. Come on, somebody. One with exponential impact. Exponential impact. Because God's going to bring you to account for the talents and who you are as a salt. He's going to ask you how salty were you in Montegore? Number two, you got to what? Be truthful. Follow through. And number three, this armor bearer was not covetous. He was not covetous. He said to Jonathan, I am with you according to your heart. In other words, Jonathan, Jonathan's armor bearer was not helping in the church Biding his time to get his own ministry. He wasn't serving in the church and criticizing the pastor. He wasn't following Jonathan up the side of the mountain and said, Why are you why putting put this up? You should never put it put this up. You could have put him hand there. Now why turn like that? I mean, if it was me, I would go backward, you know. I go sideways like that. Why man take the hard way? He wasn't following behind him and double checking. Googling every word, checking everything the pastor was doing. He said, Listen, I will do with you all that is in thine heart. Listen, when God gives you a man or woman of God, you trust your heart. You may be in a position in a work where you have more education, have a bigger job, and you think, Well, I can do this, that, and the other. The fact is, when God brings you into part of a body and God gives you the leader, you trust their heart. And if you have a skill and an ability that that leader don't have, why do you think God probably brought you there? You have something to add to the body. If it bothers you, if it stirs you, it's God saying to you, that's your ministry. What a problem we have here in our nation, in our city. We have such deep problems. And our pastors are working so hard. They just don't have enough time to go as deep as they need to. But the real fact is they don't need to because they are not alone in the army. And with all of the members, come on, let me quickly go down. It says here in verse, in verse uh, 6, they pass through unto these men, we will discover ourselves unto them. I like that. We will discover ourselves unto them. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes you don't even know who you are until you have an assignment to the church. So he said, Pastor Peter, I can never teach well. Listen, the pastor said, listen, I want you to teach this topic. Probably he saw something inside of you that you didn't see. And once you're obedient, he said, okay, pastor, how can I become what you see? Before you say no, say to the pastor, pastor, how do I get to where you want me to go? Hello, somebody. So me the pastor give you an instruction. You're telling him why not. No, it is giving you an erection in ministry to fight. The question is not why not, is how can I equip myself to do it? Oh, that's how we get the shaking around here. 
The Bible says they discovered themselves. We discover ourselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Isn't it? Brother, there's some things you won't ever know about yourself until you start doing it. When you, when you fall down and you fail, it's okay. Let's move on. Look at the Bible says, verse, verse 11. Both of them discovered themselves. I like that. Unto the garrison of the Pharisees. And they went on. Um, we will really quickly move down. Verse 13. They climbed with hand and foot. And in verse 14, that first slaughter with Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within half an acre of land. Oh boy. Which a yoke of oxen might plow. Verse 16. And there was trembling in the house, in the host, in the field, among all the people of the garrison, and the spoilers are also trembled. And the earth quaked. So it was a great trembling. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot of shaking that God wants to do in Montego. But that shaking is only going to take place when you and I will pick up our swords. That shaking will only take place when we go deeper in our ministry, beyond the apostles, beyond the prophets, beyond the teachers. Actually, it's not this way, brothers and sisters. It's actually this way. It's this way, like an arrow going forward. It's not in hierarchy of first, top, and bottom. It's first, second, third. It's going forward because we are army in motion. Are you with me? There will not be transformation in the shaking of our culture until you step up. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at FCF Montego Bay.